Welcome to our Adult Cancer Screening Team podcast from NHS London, focusing on the London breast screening workforce. Like the rest of the world, the NHS breast screening programme was hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Breast screening, along with all other screening programmes, is an essential service and continue to invite and screen eligible people. However, because of additional safety measures, as well as pressure on staff during this time, capacity within the breast screening services decreased and created a backlog. Breast screening mammographers play a vital part in London's health services, helping detect cancer in around nine in every 1,000 women who are screened. Screening can help to find breast cancers early when they are too small to see or feel, and these tiny breast cancers are usually easier to treat than larger ones, leading to better chances of survival when found early. To support the service and reduce this backlog, we are recruiting qualified mammographers, as well as radiographers looking to specialise, trainees, to become part of the sisterhood of staff and clients working together to save lives. Over the next few months on these podcasts, we will be exploring several different topics. Today, we'll be talking about encouraging diversity in the breast screening workforce. Mammography is a rewarding career and working directly with clients and helping ensure we continue to detect the early signs of cancer. You will be at the cutting edge of medical technology, learning specialised skills with flexible working opportunities across London. So, in today's podcast, I'd like to introduce Bola Eniola, Superintendent Radiographer at InHealth, and Yvonne Damanhuri, Screening and Immunisation Coordinator. Along with myself, Megan Matheson, we will be discussing encouraging diversity in the breast screening workforce. So, after all of that, I think I'll pass over to you, Yvonne, to get started with uh, today's questions for Bola. Thanks, Megan, and, and welcome, Bola. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today and sharing your lived experience in breast screening. The first question is, why breast screening? Why did you decide to pursue a career in breast screening? Hi, Yvonne. Um, thanks, Yvonne. Thanks, Megan. Thank you for having me today and for this opportunity. So I have always been interested in mammography. I remember when I was at university and um, we had a lecture and the lecturer said, one in three of you will have cancer. That kind of spiked my curiosity. So I've always been interested in going down that route. So I uh, I went to university in Australia and obviously got a job immediately after I qualified. All my friends went into CT, MRI, ultrasound, but I was always like, I am going to specialise in mammography. So I started mammography immediately after that, um, which I found quite rewarding because of the personal experience that you get with your patient and how close you get to them. So when I moved to the UK shortly after that, obviously I got married and had kids. I was still doing mammography in a symptomatic setting, but I really wanted to join the screening service, A, because I get to do it full time and B, because it suited my my family life. Um, oh. And <laughs> the hours was just perfect, you know, because you can't keep doing on call yeah. when you have a a baby and it was too much. So I um I called my local breast screening service to say, do you have a job? And they're like, yeah. So I'm sure yeah. they did, Bola. I'm sure they're like, <laughs> they yes, did. please, can you start tomorrow? 
<laughs> Absolutely. And it still hasn't changed. Like a qualified mammographer looking for work. Like when can you start? Exactly. So yeah, yeah, so I <laughs> that's so how Bona, I got into breast screening. Yeah. Bona, would you say then that it's I think that's a really important point that with this role there is the flexibility and there is potentially more of that work life balance, you know, to support your family and to be there for your family. Would you say that's the case? One hundred percent. The best part of breast screening for a lot of women is the fact that it really fits nicely around your family life the um, I mean the hours are so conducive for school pickups and drop-offs like you and a lot of people will work within their local breast screening service so travel is not bad like you don't have to get the training to London like for me so yeah 100% it's great for family life that's so refreshing to hear, I think, especially at the moment with, with everyone having that struggle, that work-life balance. For you to say that is really refreshing. Yeah, definitely. Totally That agree. was yeah, one of my attractions to breast screening, yeah. I think it's great that we've been sort of working on the recovery programme and, and that is, has been something that has really shone through in breast screening is the sisterhood is supporting each other embracing the flexible working policies that are being put in place to support everyone with their work-life balance and you know encouraging people to prioritize families so that is really great and and Bola you mentioned that you trained in Australia that's really interesting so did you do a degree in radiography and then specialize in mammography So my background is Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria and I went straight from secondary school to university in Australia. I guess you could say that's where I spent my formative years. So, Yeah. yeah. I know we've discussed this previously, Bola, but there is lots of plans, not just in breast screening, but the NHS as a whole around diversifying our workforce and also supporting our workforce to mirror our population, particularly in London. You know, we are a really diverse city and we're all very proud of our diversity. And I know that we've discussed it previously, but currently you're the only superintendent radiographer of colour in, in breast screening in London. I know that one of your personal passions is working collaboratively to expand the workforce, but also diversify the workforce. And just wondering if you had anything, you know, happy for you to share your sort of thoughts around that in a bit more detail. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Yvonne. So when I came into breast screening, I was kind of got used to being the only ethnic minority group, even though I worked in London and that was quite normal. But because of the type of person that I am, like I am quite ambitious, I'm a natural leader. So I was very proactive about a lot of things. And I always wanted to do more, to be more, to be better. So I always, you know, did lots of studies, but there was never any opportunity for me besides screening, which obviously became a bit of a problem because I always wanted to be more. So that's how... My passion developed into diversity in um, in breast screening and, and in radiography in general, but especially in breast screening. Traditionally in breast screening, people don't go in till they're a little bit older, kind of nearing retirement age. But that's all changed now because lots of young people are now attracted 
to the the freedom of the working hours, the good family lifestyle that it brings. So they yeah. want to get into breast screening. So we now have a lot of young people. So there's always that issue, that frustration where you're in breast screening. What next? So that was the challenge and difficulty I faced. I mean, I did lots of studies. You know, I was always self-funding. I'll do this. I'll do that. But then nothing more to do. And and I work in London, like I said, and in a whole department of, say, 30 radiographers, there would only be two ethnic minority group, even though 70 percent of our population are minority ethnic groups. So that since then, it's kind of been at the back of my mind. What can we do? How can we make this better or different? How can we open up opportunities to other ethnic minority groups to come into breast screening? What can we do to make it better? And I guess that's still a work in progress. But for me, because I was very proactive with my career because I, you know, went for it. Yes, I faced a lot of challenges and obstacles, but I knew exactly what I wanted and I got it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And how, can I ask how you think, how you think the services that has changed for the better then from, from when you started coming over here from, from Australia and explaining what you have? What are the differences between, and the, and the differences, I guess, in opportunities between back then and, and now? Are they better? Are there more opportunities for younger women from ethnic minorities to get into the service? So, yes, it's so much better. When you look at breast screening services now, it's a lot more diverse, which is brilliant. There's a lot more people that, for lack of a better word, look like me in the service. It's a lot of younger women, which is brilliant. But what I recognise in them is what I recognised in myself is the lack of progress. But it varies, you know, by department. So, for example, in my department, Yvonne knows this, I champion my team and I'm always looking for opportunities for them to train, to develop. Like currently, they're all studying or doing something to improve themselves, which is something that I didn't have when I was coming up in my career. So I'm always going for it. I'm always encouraging them and supporting them. If you want to do this, yep, I'm all for it. I'll support you. But in other breast screening services, yes, there are more diversity. There are more ethnic minority groups. But are they progressing? Are they getting the opportunities to do the advanced practice, you know, the film reading, management roles, things like that? I mean, I can't speak for them, but I can say personally, as my passion project, this is something that I am 100% passionate about and I support my staff to always, you know, progress and do better. And I've had loads of people come up to me, not even my team, like other breast screening radiographers in London will come up to me and say, you motivate me. The reason I got into breast screening is because of you. You know, they see me doing things. Um, Before I became a superintendent, I was a, what we used to call a QA radiographer for London. So what would you then say to someone who is thinking about a career, has maybe heard a little bit about it, a little bit about the breast screening workforce, 
thinks there are certain aspects that sound interesting but isn't really a hundred percent sure or convinced yet what would what would you say to them i would say go for it breast screening has lots of potential lots of great opportunities ours are brilliant and it's probably the only radiography profession that you can increase your banding immediately <laughs> so yeah. if you're motivated or just want to advance really quickly, I would say breast screening is the place for it. Yeah. Breast screening is so well regulated that there's actually a, a path you can choose to either go down the clinical route or the management route. Or if you're physics oriented, you can go down the QA route. There's so many paths that you can go down. So you can definitely find something that will keep you interested doesn't have to be boring. Like you, you can literally choose what you want to do and still enjoy it. Do you have any thoughts or plans around what we could be doing as NHSEI and, and what also the services can be doing to proactively encourage increasing the diversity within the workforce, but also within the senior leadership? I actually think that we are doing better. We're doing a lot better. And yeah. thanks to um, you, Yvonne, to NHSEI, Health Education England, we're getting um, lots of opportunities and funding. So that means that access is not as restricted yeah. as it used to be. There would only be one opportunity for someone to train. Now we're getting more opportunities. So yeah. I think that's a really good step in the right direction. So then I think the next thing that we have to do is just, just have it at the back of our minds that when these opportunities open up for us to be open minded about who it's available to us as superintendents, as program managers, you know, as service leaders. But um, it's it, I think it's just been more aware and more proactive. I yeah, think. I think we've come a really long way and that's really positive to see. It sounds brilliant and your journey sounds fascinating. As we start to wrap up now, the questions that we've been asking everybody on these, the three last questions. Can Bola, can you talk us through a day in the life of, of Bola at work? What what we've learned already is that there's there's no two days that are the same in, <laughs> in many cases, but yeah. what would a what are we today? We are Tuesday. What would a Tuesday, what will today look like for you, Bola? Okay, so Tuesday is actually not too bad. Um, so my routine is I get up at 5, 5 a.m. because I do long days at work, you oh, know, 5 a.m., do my morning <laughs> routine, get my... It's almost lunchtime for you now then. <laughs> <laughs> get my son, you know, to school, even though he's in secondary school, but, you know, you still have to... Yeah. Yeah. So get him ready for school and then I come to work. So Tuesdays depends on what Monday's been like. So usually dealing with the rota, if anybody's off sick, making sure that um, that's all covered. And then I do some arbitrations with our director of screening because I'm also a film reader. So we go through the um, arbitrations, um, basically where there's been a discrepancy in film reading and two film readers don't agree. So we have to have a meeting just to agree on the final outcome if the lady's going to be called back to assessment or return to routine screening. So that's usually 9 a.m. in the morning for about half an hour. We do that. 
and he does goes and does his clinic and then how I'll do any film reading that needs to be done or any clinical that's mainly my clinical role film reading so I'll do that and then I just come back to my desk and usually just deal with each with the rest of the day as it comes through I guess through your career all the all the different roles that you've had and now what would you say has been your most memorable moment I think for me, my most memorable moment is when I got my job as a superintendent because we were looking to buy a house and we'd been looking for ages and I'd gone for this interview but not fully expecting to get it. And when I I remember we were standing in front of a house when Marion called me to offer me the job. I was so shocked. I literally started shaking. I was like, this is like this for me, it was life changing for so many reasons. Obviously, the main reason was that I didn't expect it. You know, why would I? It's when you've been through so many struggles and not really believed in yourself. But clearly somebody else did believe in me. So that was quite I was really shocked for that reason. And also because I used to live in Kent, so having to move all the way to Essex seemed like such a big step for not just me, my whole family. So that was kind of a a big life-changing moment for us, but something that we have absolutely loved and not regretted because I feel like this job is, is literally what I was made for and I love every every minute of it oh, nice, I hope that wretched imposter syndrome is gone now that we all, <laughs> we all have to face yep. Um, yep you definitely deserved the job Bola you do such um, a good job at it thank you what does the future hold what are your aims and, uh, and ambitions in your next steps So at the moment, I don't have a defined next step. I know what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about encouraging young women to be better, to, you know, to just to do more, basically, and believe in themselves and aspire to be more. So if I can do something in in that line, that would be great. I know I definitely want to do more, but I don't know exactly what it is at the moment. Well, I think just from listening to you today and everything that you've done, I think you will have inspired a lot of people. So thank you very much for blocking some time out for us us (laughs) today. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. And thank you so much for telling us um, your experiences and your journey in, in, in the breast screening workforce. It's so obvious and clear to hear how passionate about it you are. So as I mentioned at the beginning, these are a series of podcasts uh, about the breast screening workforce, about the opportunities available, and we will continue to delve into the working world with more of your colleagues coming up. So we would love to hear from you if you're listening and you have training in radiography, experience in breast screening or mammography, and you're able to offer some flexible fixed hours to support the recovery of these services in London. In return, in addition to competitive rates, there's opportunities to support you with accommodation and travel costs, 
if you live outside London, and we can also offer you appropriate support to renew HCP registration if it has lapsed. So if you're interested in finding out more about anything that we've covered today, then visit our website, which is london-breastscreening.org.uk or follow our hashtag, which is hashtag wearemammographers um, for information, other um, podcasts, films um, and much more. So thank you for listening and we're looking forward to the next podcast. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Bola. Thank you both. Thank you so much for having me.